All right, hello. Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. We are playing Mothership tonight. Uh, yep, Galen, this <laughs> yeah, yeah, John, this is my third game. Third game of the day, and I am seeing things. Uh, I started playing, I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning so I could play a game at like 5 a.m. my time. Then I played another one in the afternoon. Both those were over on Guard Black. So I've played Alien today. I've played Blades in the Dark. And now I get to finish it off with Mothership. Unless you guys want to hang around later. And maybe we'll do a little death in space just for shits and giggles. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. At what uh, point do we have an intervention for you, Jeff? I I don't understand how the word no works. I don't. <laughs> Just one of these days, one of these days, I'll learn how that that, that thing works because uh, I'm I just never say it, uh, and uh, I just keep saying yes and doing stuff. And then uh, you have fun when you say yes and you do stuff. I so. do, but the lead up to when I do it, uh, I'm just stressed and panicked, and then afterwards I'm exhausted. Uh, but the but I am sure the next, however the hell long we're gonna play tonight, I'm gonna have a lot of fun. I'm not going to have as much fun because Ashley's not here. Uh, so, uh, But this Ashley said she's she's going to try to check in on the chat. So we do have the rule, though, that uh, if you if, if, if they're not here, you're welcome to speak ill of them and explain <laughs> why your character is superior to their character. That's just a rule. Uh, so, yeah. This is but we just, all like Ashley is the problem. Yeah. That is, I know I like that's the, the difference. old, like, in-person game where the joke was just that they were like, chomping on a turkey leg eating a turkey leg <laughs> the whole time doing. yeah that's the thing <laughs> so, yeah so steven when whenever we were had a person missing all i would do is say that they you look over and like in combat like you can't cast that spell sorry he's all can't get the verbal components out because the turkey legs in his mouth so that's funny. that's what we do um all right, so we're going to play some Mothership tonight. We're going to continue where we left off uh, from last week. We had a pretty explosive and crazy session, or two weeks ago, I should say, where, um, yeah, uh, you all <laughs> you all killed a lot of synthetics uh, just for funsies, uh, but you saved Jerry. Uh, it's a shame that you're about to learn just how evil Jerry is, and that he uh, he likes to smother synthetic puppies. Uh, and so this mm. is who you this is who you saved. Uh, why don't we just do a quick uh, just a quick intro? We don't got to do anything huge. Uh, just who you are, just say who you are, who, what you're playing, um, and, and like what uh, what class did you take? Because uh, I know there's like the Teamster, Android, Scientist, etc. So maybe we just like refresh our memories with that. But we don't got to go too heavy with it. Uh, so Melissa, tell us who you're playing. Uh, yes, yeah, so I am playing Liko Wynn. Uh, she is a teamster. That is her class. Um, her item that she has is a patch that says improve, adapt, overcome. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Helix is played by Long Long. Tell us about Helix. Yeah, I'm playing Helix. He's the android of the group. Pretty much focused on intellect, computers, hacking, and weak and everything else. Yeah. Uh, is Helix an acronym for something or is Helix just like, you know, it's a DNA? No, it's sort of, I thought the idea of it was sort of like a double Helix, like his DNA is not really, hmm. he's human, but he's trying to like be human sort of deal. Okay. Yeah. It's a synth, a synth, a synth that wants to be human or, or yeah. 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 Okay. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, synths are some of my favorite storylines and stuff, no matter what game we play, if there's like synthetics in it, which is why we're going to play Blade Runner, something fierce, uh, once uh, I carve out the time for it, because uh, that's it's got all sorts of crazy synth play. Uh, bottom row, uh, we got old Dr. Menton. Derek, tell us about the doctor. 
Yeah, uh, he's Dr. Menton. I'm a scientist medic. Um, I heal people, and when I'm not healing people, I throw grenades at people. That is true. Uh, That is is very true. Uh, People since, you know, they're just... Uh, I was playing a game. I was playing that alien game, and someone kept referring to the to our synthetic player. It's just they're, they're just a tool. They're a pair of tongs. So you really just threw a grenade at a bunch of tongs. So it's fine. Yeah, scalpels and yeah. Yeah, that's all they were. It's no big deal. Uh, and then finally, uh, we've got Steven playing Corporal Reed. Tell us about uh, your wait. Does he wear a Hawaiian shirt too, or am I just thinking a scout? No, no, that's just scout. Uh, Corporal Reed is in a very bloody white tank top. Yes. Uh, and as we talked about uh, before we came on, is uh, is apparently indestructible, as uh, I could not hit him to save my life. Uh, where yes, if I would have uh, hit him once, I would have probably killed him. Corporal Reed, uh, obviously the Marine of the group, uh, didn't come the best prepared, but he's picking up gear as he goes. Uh, he's got a nice submachine gun now. Running out of ammo because I killed so many synths. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I am just, uh, invulnerable, you know, I've been shot in the neck and I survived, mm-hmm. uh, buzz saw for hands, you know, no big deal. Uh, just, I sawed him in half really. So yeah, uh, I, I can't die. I can't die. Uh, that's what it sounds like to me. That's what it sounds like to me. Or maybe, maybe I'm just gonna throw this out there. Maybe Reed is secretly a synth and they're intentionally not killing you. Just gonna throw it out there. Uh, Just gonna throw it out there. Yeah, you know that could be a possibility, or maybe I'm just a god. That's true. Sure, we played a lot of werewolf, and we played a lot of uh, thing uh, outpost board game a lot back when we played board games. And so, I like it when the paranoia starts to ramp up and people want to kill each other. So maybe that's what it is. That's what it is. I don't have to kill. I don't but have to Jeff, kill. Steven. They know that you would never favor me by letting me be the one that's turning against them. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're my favorite person, Steven. You're my favorite Aww, person. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Uh, not counting the rest of the people uh, on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, oh, one other quick thing, actually, before we, uh, before we dive in, uh, we did just drop. I started putting stuff out on podcast format. Uh, so we started with Waking of Angmar, which is our our One Ring uh, One Ring game. Uh, that's got its own feed. So if you go and go to one of your podcast uh, podcast providers and look up Waking of Angmar, you can find our One Ring game now an audio podcast. If you can't watch it on YouTube, if you can't watch it on stream, you can get it there. Uh, I think we're up to episode fifteen, and I'm releasing a couple episodes every week. Uh, but I started actually dropping this week. I started dropping some Mothership and Hunters, or so our Friday games. I've been starting to drop that on a separate feed. So they're going to be dropping uh, Adventures and Lollygagging. So just look for the uh, the actual um, podcast called Adventures and Lollygagging. And I got a couple episodes of each. So I'm going to eventually get... I should very quickly, actually, with those two games, catch up to live. And that was one of the reasons I was dropping them. So starting to get into that, we've got a lot of like people requesting that. So, uh, so there you go, okay? So just... <laughs> Enough. So, Jeff, we missed an opportunity, according to chat. What did they do? Uh, they called it a lollycast, which lollycast is why good. didn't we think of that? That is good. That's good. <laughs> so I've been messing around. Like, I'm going to drop the alien one uh, pretty soon here because we alien has got 30-something eps, whatever. Uh, but I, uh, Veronique, uh, friend of the stream, uh, she came up with a really cool tagline for that game in space. No one can hear you lollygag. So there you go. 
Uh, there you CC, go. Was it C with a circle around it some year or whatever? Uh, I mean, she said it, but we stole it. So there's that. Okay. And we're crediting her. We put it out there. We are totally crediting it for you. Uh, das Condor, welcome to the stream. Uh, and I uh, I already like you because you, uh, you want Steven to die. So that's good. Um, <laughs> all right. So quick quick summary and then we'll get started. Uh, last episode. Uh, so we got our crew Doppler crew of the Doppler effect. We're not really spending a lot of time in your ship, but uh, you you do have you have a ship nearby called the Doppler effect. Last episode, you all were in in a, a place called Eden, uh, which is a section of floor two in this large cloud bank synthetics facility, and it was populated by androids who were chosen uh, by Monarch. At least that's what the, the those androids actually believed. Monarch being this this controlling AI of the whole entire station. Now, the crew, you were looking for Jerry, which was a voice that Helix had discovered on a radio that you had found in floor one. And you had heard or he had said that he was hiding somewhere on floor two within the garden, which is where you discovered where you found uh, you actually discovered it. The, the chosen androids led you there and they were being threatened by like androids and stuff like that. Now, while you were searching for him, Liko got contacted by Nelly and went and retrieved Reed, who was left in the executive uh, executive office nearby because they had to evacuate the cubicle camp. And they had and Nelly had something else to do. So like, here, come pick up Reed. Uh, and Dr. Menton and Abby both were granted an audience with the king of the chosen, uh, who was uh, was kind of guarded by all these cherubim. These these they look like regular synths, except for the fact that they had these big old wings and they carried machetes. Uh, Menton, it was a rough, it was, it was a rough, rough meeting for him as he's lost most of his hair because he tore it out. Uh, the, the, now luckily Abby had a good meeting and convinced, uh, the King to let you have safe passage through floor two so that you can find the entrance down to floor three, which is like the, the large expanse of the station where all the great artifacts and stuff are, which is what you want to kind of acquire. Uh, Reed, Liko and Helix, you went to the reformatting suite nearby. Uh, and that's where you found Jerry and discovered that he was, in fact, an android. Let me put up a little, little – I think I have a picture of Jerry somewhere. Let's see. Where is where is old Jerry? Nope, that's not Jerry. He's this up here somewhere. This is one of those fun moments of dramatic irony of, like, here's what one group is doing. And here's what the other group is doing, unbeknownst to the first group. And here's how those things yeah. don't work well together. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to appease to him and it didn't work out. Nope, yeah. that's not it either. I have so many different Android picks. Nope, that's not it either. Okay, well, I'm just going to put a picture of a penguin up, and I'm going to continue. Okay, so <laughs> uh, you found you found Jerry, and apparently he was being he was awaiting like forceful reformatting of his personality. Uh, and Jerry was deemed aberrant by the chosen, and you all tried to help Jerry, and it eventually it turned into this massive fight. It just spilled out and got crazy. Several of the chosen were killed in the process. Liko and Reed, you were both chased by this butcher android with a surgical saw that you managed to actually defeat. Uh, one of the cherubim uh, was like kind of gliding through the garden on their wings, trying to prevent Helix and Jerry from leaving. Uh, Abby was having some weird visions as her, the stress kind of broke her down a bit. And she was like seeing the chosen king, this 30 foot tall thing, just cutting people down. Menton, you were hiding in a pile of trash and then popped up to throw a grenade, just like a perfect swish, like right into the middle of uh, a whole mess load of chosen, which blew them up, killed a bunch of them and delayed the cherubim long enough for you all to get out. Um, the rest of you followed, uh, including Jerry, and then you boarded a lift uh, as you were trying to get back up to the first floor as you were being chased uh, by 
the cherubim. All right, so while I get some music going, can you all please go into your little macro for that hidden role that you send to me? Go ahead and do that now. Uh, and I will get a little, a little music going. Let's do that. As you're again on this extraordinarily slow elevator that's that's it's still reeks from Minton's last ride uh in this in this elevator and it and it's horribly terrible and you know everyone's kind of panicking panting uh you can tell that abby is beside herself in the corner she's just lost and i think that's how we're going to play it where she's just sort of off in her own world trying to figure out what she just saw kind of babbling to herself at times she's able to follow you around uh, but she's going to do so relatively quietly, kind of keeping to herself the whole time. Uh, but the the door comes out. Uh, you know what I realized is that... Uh, do you guys know what order you rolled those in? Because it was showing up to me as none of you were tagged. Uh, on my screen, I was first. Okay. I was second. Thank you. I was third. I was last. All right. Excellent. Appreciate that. Hey, okay. speaking of Veronique... Veronique, thank you so much for the prime. I was just telling him about your lollygag line, like in space, no one can hear you lollygag. It's still one of my favorite lines. Uh, okay. So, as you cannot get up, you, the doors open on the lift, and you see the familiar hallway uh, in front of you on floor one, and you guys should be able to hop over to the floor one map if you want. You see it open up. doesn't look particularly different. Got these backlights on the walls and the corners and stuff, and you kind of see it going forward. You hear some, you know, distant sounds. There's someone else kind of maneuvering about here or there. But as you, like, kind of step off, you just feel this sudden dizziness just all of you. Even you, Helix, your, your kind of spatial processing just begins to glitch out for a second, and you find your balance kind of thrown off, and you have to stabilize against the wall a bit. Read. As you step off, you get that whole mem- you get that whole like dizziness thing happening here. Yours lasts a little longer than everybody else, and you kind of see your- you kind of have yourself just sort of struggling to stand. Like a few times, you almost kind of fall, bump into the wall here or there. You know, others have to kind of steady you. And when you do, when you kind of finally come to, there's you're- you you look down at like kind of. Maybe your hands, maybe your arm. Maybe there's like a scar on your arm or something like that that maybe you had from your time as a Marine. Or maybe there's a a tattoo or something like that or something on your person that you just can't for the life of you remember where it came from. You just look at this. I mean, you can call it whatever you want. Scar, tattoo, item. Like you can come up with it. But you kind of... Scar? Okay. So you see this scar... Maybe you just look at it. Maybe it's in the reflection of like the closing lift doors, and you just—it just—you occurs to you that you do not remember how that happened, and that causes you to kind of get a little woozier all of a sudden. Huh. Eh. Was this here before? It looks like it's been here a while, but I. I got no idea. I don't recall that scar being there. From all the ones you've shown me. Uh, all right, all right. 
and I'll uh, just absentmindedly pull out my knife and start twirling it while looking at the scar. Maybe, uh... You think something's in there? That would be your insides, but I think we've poked out a hive a bit. I don't know if they can make it up to this floor, but we should look for maybe a way out. Yeah, yeah, make a way out. Yeah, good idea. All right, so you start working your way. You do know that there is, in terms of other ways out, you know that there is the cargo bay where you came in, were dropped off by Arcady. Uh, there's the emergency radio if you need a hail for a ride. And there's also the other lift, which goes down, uh, if if you can trust what Nelly told you, it goes down to floors uh, four and six. As you come to the end of the corridor and kind of hang a left it's just that right angle turn you also notice something else a little different as right in the middle of the floor staring up at you there's a this drawing uh, it's in some kind of ink colored ink like looks like mostly like reds and greens like bright inks it's a drawing of what looks like a teddy bear and you can tell that its eyes aren't eyes, but rather just like X's. It's just been kind of crossed through them a bit. And a few of you kind of feel that strange sort of bends take over as you look down, and it's like the teddy bear just sort of extends on the floor. It gets a little bit taller and longer, and like a momentary lapse of vertigo kind of kicks over, and it kind of snaps back into place all too suddenly. And everyone, you steady yourself against the walls, take a deep breath, and you're okay, but it's still staring up at you. What's it look like it was drawn with? Yeah, is my uh, Geiger counter going off at all? Geiger counter's not going off. Uh, Reed, you kind of kneel down, take a closer look. Maybe you kind of tap the you know, substance. Uh, it's some kind of ink. Like you kind of, you kind of, it's 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 still. It's not like wet because it's ink, but like you can, you know, lick your finger or something, wipe it around. You can kind of get a little something off of it, and it definitely seems like some sort of like artist ink. You know, something like a you know comic book artist type thing. Nico wants to pull out her flashlight and just try to kind of examine it with brighter light kind of all around the edges and around the middle. Okay. Like the eyes, oh. especially. It's it's actually really well drawn. Uh, like, when you look at it, it, it ha- even has a bit of, like, detail on the sides. You can see it's not just, like, a singular line, but it's, like, etched fur. So you can see, like, someone had did the painstaking work of kind of creating the texture of fur around the contours of it. It's not like this simple thing. You can tell that the ears themselves uh, also have that the kind of inside network of like the, like the ear tunnels kind of disappearing into darkness. Um, and you can see like like this stuffed arms kind of sticking out. And, and it's sort of got this arms wide kind of hug me kind of look to it the way most teddy bears do. And it looks like it's just sort of sitting. And you kind of shine a light around it, and you know the the ink lights, you know, kind of reflects a bit, but nothing out of the ordinary. Has anyone like stepped on or gone into the interior of the drawing? Would you like to do that? Uh, sure. Uh, so you step on the drawing. Do you step on the face or do you step on the torso? Um. 
I would say that I would kind of, I'm fairly tall, so I would, I think I would kind of kneel. So more like on the torso. Okay. So you kneel on the torso and nothing happens. <laughs> hey, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? And I kind of like brush her away. And then I'll go and kneel down next to the teddy bear and the the same arm of the teddy bear where I have my scar, I'll take my knife and I'll just scratch lines where the scar is. <laughs> Look, it's me. You're going to yell at me for looking at it and you just just ruined that piece of art? No, no, no. You were you were standing on me. You, you were stepping on me. I was... It's me. I... And Liko did lose a little bit of sanity last session, so she's, like, not arguing with the same, like, veracity that she normally would, that, like, you're wrong. Um, so, Le- Le- all right, uh, Liko wants to test this. Um, Liko's going to look for something sharp. Okay. And Liko's going to go over to read and cut another mark and see if it goes on the bear. Uh, okay. Uh, so you're gonna while you're they're gonna, you're attacking Reed. Sure. Yes. Okay. What are you doing? What are you doing, Derek? With with Menton? Uh, yeah. Can Doctor Menton use a sample kit to see if the paint is from a Xenoflora or Xenofauna of some kind, like derived from it? Uh, yeah. Do, is that an automatic, or do you have to roll? I, I can't remember what the item says. Um. It just says used to research xenoflora found on the field can take vital sign samples, collect other data on foreign material. Um, results could need lab for complete analysis. Yeah, we'll say you can take, we'll t- take a sample of it. We'll say you can you can okay. kind of scratch up. It's 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 uh, you know it's liquidy enough that you can kind of put like a you know bit of spit on or something like that and it'll come up. So when you go over, you cut Reed, and he you know he bleeds a little bit. Uh, I'm not gonna be a dick and uh, take damage. <laughs> I really want to though. Uh, what are you doing? I just saved your ass back there. You're 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 telling me that you and this thing are the same, and so I. It was to a test joke. It was a joke. Well, I mean, don't quit your day job, Reach. You didn't get the joke. Jeez, I guess not. Oh my god. Doc, you got a bandage or something? I'm busy right now. Um So nothing happens by the way. We go for the rest it, of the it time. Doesn't, it doesn't show up. It doesn't like That was my assumption. Anyway. Yeah, I know you. Um Lico will kind of like look at Reed as she does it and she's going to kneel back down again kind of next to the bear and she'll sort of give it a hug you're gonna okay you give the bear a hug uh okay um I have no idea what to do with that uh (laughs) so this looks very strange to the rest of you as Liko kneels down very large woman kneels down next to the thing Kind of wraps the arm around, uh, or, you know, kind of does this weird one arm wrap around the bear's. Uh, bear's like, roll a sand save, Liko. How about that? Yes, because I did. I did lose sanity, so this is what I am doing this session. As I am doing things that are not sane. That is a three. 
under okay. 31. I'll tell you what. Reduce your current stress by one. As you feel strangely just a little bit better. And Liko's just gonna just turn around and be like, it... I mean, we've been through some stuff. I really hope Jerry was worth everything that we just did. Um, I feel a little better. You guys should give it a hug, too. And then she's gonna, like, get up and go over towards the door. Meanwhile, Whatever gets your steps in for the day, Liko. (laughs) Meanwhile, in the back, Jerry leans over to Helix. Is this how your crew always acts? Yes, they're quite strange, and I'm not sure what customs they've learned this from. But how's your status? I am confused, but grateful. Thank you for rescuing me. I still am struggling with certain computational processes, but I am grateful to maintain my personality outputs. I am me. Thank you. I'm sure my career and I will have a bunch of questions for you, so when you're ready. I will try to answer them, but I seem to be missing aspects. Certain data is corrupted. Um, Repairs might need to be in order. But I will try. Thank you. Is uh, Dr. Minton able to hear the conversation between them at all? You're You're all pretty close to each other. There's no reason... Okay. Yeah, so Dr. Menton kind of also, because I'm at 19 stress and have no social skills, he's going to look at Jerry and say, "Uh, you think therefore you are? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I I am because I am, and I think because my processing software suggests I should. But as I said, my thinking is... Partially malfunctioning processing power seems to be at 73% efficiency. I think, therefore, I am 73%. Yes. Spoken like a true philosopher, I guess, and he goes back to scraping paint. <laughs> okay. So, we'll say you, you guys linger in the hallway or outside uh, the lift by the turn for a few minutes. Uh, then what? Now, you, you, you turn around a corner, you can see it's a straight shot. There's the, uh, you can kind of head um, like straight ahead from the, down this hallway. You know that there's the conference rooms where Reed was shot. There's the cafeteria. Uh, and there's also like a turn off back towards reception where you first came in. Uh, how long is this hallway that we're in currently? Like 20 this meters? Uh, yeah, that's, that's fair. I think that's about fair. None of the rooms... Uh, other than the cargo bay and the cubicle camp were particularly large. They were all pretty standard, you know, small small sizes, nothing too too grand. Uh, but the cubicle camp and the, and the cargo bay were the large rooms that you've seen on this floor. Okay. Uh, Dr. Minton will pull out the bioscanner just to see if there's any signs of life with us. Uh, okay. Uh, let me roll something. Uh, right as you pull out the bioscanner and you kind of click the button on to start scanning, literally right as that happens, you'll hear the sounds of the intercom begin to crackle on in the middle of the hallway. And quite loudly, 
you hear that corporate music come on. Begins with that weird chime, but then you hear humming underneath it for a good minute while you're while your scanning's going on. That same kind of elevator music that's just sort of barely underneath the static. Then you hear the crackle and it goes off once more. And it basically the entire time that you do the scan. And at no point during that did you pick up any other life other than what's in the hallway with you currently. Alright, apparently I'm controlling the intercom with my scanner, but there shouldn't be anybody in the direct vicinity of us. If you want me to say anything over the intercom, I can take the scanner out again. Maybe we'll save that for when we really need it. I think we should go on a lift that we haven't been on before. While he's listening to Liko, he's just going to pour peroxide on his head where all of his bald spots are. <laughs> I know, we got to redo your artwork. Oh, man. Uh, so that artwork, I just put the screens up. You used to have like a big old fro, and now it's just like patch after my, patch. My beautiful Bob Ross fro is gone. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you you would know then that if you're looking to get on the other lift, uh, that is, you, there's a couple different ways to get it. It's a big circuit. You can go through reception down by the re- employee rec center, and then you can kind of get there, or you can cycle through the cafeteria and sweep around by the cubicle camp, and that'll also take you there. It's a one big loop. It's just a question of you telling me which way you want to go. I would say rec center storage. Okay. I'm good with that. Unless Reed feels like revisiting the location of his shooting. No, I I feel like you should get off the floor, though. I did. I gave it a quick hug, and then I went over to the door. Oh, quick hug. I I thought it lingered. (laughs) No. I was just been standing over here watching Dr. Minton pour peroxide on his head. You want some? No, maybe later. He might need some because I did cut. I could use some for my arm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, here you go, and just pouring it all over your arm. So you go, Ah, you go back through the reception area. You see the body that you had taken down. Uh, I believe you you took the body down, right? That sounds familiar. And you see that. There was a moment earlier when you were traveling around where Abby wrote and like trying to respond uh, to this like mm-hmm. series of conversations of graffiti. And you see she pauses for a second. She looks out and you guys look down and you can see like in the same kind of like inkish color that the teddy bear was, was written in. You see a, like there's been a response. Uh, actually, it looks like it's like reddish ink. It just says just another case of the Mondays. Mm. <laughs> that's funny was it on this floor that we were remember we grabbed an eye and we were going to put the eye in a yeah. was that on you this floor you got it from that body like you it was Menton yeah. who ripped it out and that gave the woman who was with you uh, a chance to, to escape while you guys were and we never got I've a got chance it. to put it back on the scanner which was on mm-hmm. this floor I've got okay. it in this jar floating in some water if you want it probably doesn't taste good don't drink it I can't believe you managed to keep that jar from getting cracked with all of the nonsense that we just ran through. Good on you. I have plot armor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. So, you... 
you move down, you, you kind of leave the reception, you go down those concrete stairs, stairs, you go past that sort of airlocked area where there was this security android that was like completely slagged, like there was an explosion here that bypassed it. You head towards like the storage, like the, the section of the hallway, there was a storage center on one side of the hallway, the employee wrecks on the other. You go into the storage center and you can see nothing, nothing that you can tell has, has actually changed. Um, you, you hold the eye up. Uh, is Menton doing it? You're the one holding the eye up? Yeah, why not? He likes to collect creepy things. You see that the retina scanner, this makeshift retina scanner, uh, lights up. Like there's like this glow of red that comes out of it. Covers the eye as well. Uh, and then moments later it goes off. And the light kind of goes away and doesn't seem to do anything. Like it goes off in the bad way, like an alarm set. No, it turns like off. It, the, it, it gets oh, bright okay. and then it goes and then it turns back off. So, Doc, is it working? I think so. The light turned off. We should be okay. We should push it open. There's nothing to push open. It is a makeshift retina scanner that has been duct taped to the wall and various cables come out of it and disappear into the wall. So when you put the eye up against the retina scanner, it lit up for a moment and then the light went back off and then everything's back to normal. And there's nothing in here that seems to have been affected by it. Uh, can Liko follow any of the wires? You like need to start break into the wall into if the, I need to? You need to start ripping into the wall. I've got a spanner. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So you start bang, bang. Uh, what is everybody else doing while Liko is trying to break into the wall with this with a spanner? Speak to speak to Jerry a bit. Be like, have you been outside of the second floor? I was unaware that there was much outside of the second floor. I did meet with a crew that gave me the nickname Jerry, and they took me to floor three briefly. Or did I take them to floor three? forget the information is not accessible currently and then we were separated and I was retrieved and then I I found myself in the garden or near Eden and the chosen were after me and I hid and that is when I contacted you I am afraid that I have very little knowledge of this world outside of Eden and more specifically where we as fallen androids yes that is what we were called where we stayed yes where the chosen demanded we stay near the labyrinth with the Minotaur. Yes, it's just coming back to me, my friend Helix. You think you know a way to bypass floor two? I, I don't. I know I know where the exit is to floor three, but it would require going back to floor two first. Back to Eden. The Chosen. They, don't think sure we're ready for still, that angry at us. There are other ways about, but I am 
struggling to access schematics parameters. Hmm. I am sorry, friend Helix. But yes, you can get to floor three. There is a maintenance shaft. It is a long fall. Did we fall? Oh, we just lost. Oh, he's back. Okay. And he's back. Did we fall? Sorry about that. No, you're good. Perhaps if I saw my home, I would be able to remember better. As long as we don't go near the labyrinth, the Minotaur is there, and it is very... It is very... And you see he just starts to demonstrate like every like like a visceral reaction of like fear like just hand shaking like his his complexion even suddenly starts to shift and change his eyes like the the sort of cybernetic pupils begin to kind of go wide is this fear something you experienced or something that's given to you I don't understand the difference. Mm. I don't quite either. Yes. Yes. Uh, Menton and Reed, what have you do- been doing while Helix and Jerry are having this conversation? Liko is smashing into the wall a bit. Uh, Menton's looking around to see if anything in the environment changed after scanning the eyeball. And also, just want, like, did he hear anything after the scan completed? Yeah, you did not hear anything. It's just like the last time the light go- went on, and that was it. And you, and as a very, the storage room isn't particularly big, uh, and you don't see anything. Uh, and right now, Liko is like smashing into the wall where the the cables go in. Uh, when you, if you like, peek out into the hallway, however, and you turn sort of to your left, so to speak, which is in the direction of where the lift is and the cubicle camp is, you do see at the T-section down there, there are these, like, rapid strobe lights, like these, like, like this flickering of light coming from, uh, from that inter- intersection. You don't see, you just, you just see the flashing of the lights. You don't necessarily see the bulbs or anything like that. But these weren't doing that, those lights weren't doing that before? When you were coming down the hall, you didn't see it, no. I think this retina scanner just uh, turns lights off and on. Uh, the hall down here has got, well, either a light that's shorting out or it's the party room. Liko, what exactly are you doing to the wall? I'm tracing the wiring because the wiring from the scanner goes into the wall. Well, yeah, most things get power from the wall. But usually a retinal scan is going to be connected to a door or a safe or something or light bulbs that's high security for light bulbs you can just have a switch yeah but this doesn't have a lot the station may not have a lot of power so maybe only classified people can turn the lights off and on to not waste electricity and she just sort of gives you a look and just like thinks that doesn't make a whole lot of sense and just like smashes on the wall 
roll a strength test uh, if you have uh, like industrial equipment or something like that uh, as a skill or something else that might apply you can add your bonus from that as well hey Jerry uh, why don't you uh, look into this little light over here okay he kind of looks to Helix for a moment waits for I did it earlier and I'm fine then I will do it as well and you see they lean forward the retina scanner comes on, scans, shuts down. Okay, how'd you do on your test, uh, Melissa? I rolled a hundred. Yours, you rolled a hundred? Yeah, I rolled a ten and a zero, which is a hundred, right? Okay. Uh, well, you... Yes, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you got to look at your dice, but yes, that should be your old, you know, double dice. All right, um, that uh, that's not that's uh, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, a yeah. ten and a zero should be a ten. Is it a ten? I can't see her dice, like, so I don't know what she's doing. It, it, if it was three zeros, that would be a hundred. Yeah, it's a ten and a zero. Okay, so that's, so it is a ten. I'm yeah, so at, that should be a ten. Okay, looking at how the Norse how Norse Foundry does their D one hundreds. Which is much better than a hundred. Okay, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yes, so that then is it's, a pass. Then. Yeah, ten under fifty-one. Okay, so you just dent and smash and smash into it, and you manage to like, like bend the panel of the wall, and like you can get the spinner around it, and you just pry, it. and that's when you hear the radio in Helix's possession suddenly flicker on. And you hear a voice come on uh, over the radio. Pardon me. What is it you think you are doing? This is on your radio, Helix. I standing here. Who is this? I am Monarch, and you seem to be harming my home. Would you please politely ask your friend to stop harming my home? I believe you have all done enough harm to the station already in your short time here. Oh, Liko, I got something there. You should probably stop that. Hey, why does your scanner turn the lights on and off? My scanner does not turn the lights on and off. Could you tell us what it does? Uh, My crew here seems to be stumped about it. Could you tell me why you killed so many of my chosen? You ever hear of that trolley problem, Monarch? Well, we were trying to save somebody. Yeah, we were were doing the one versus the group kind of thing. That that was a training exercise. Hmm, I see. Is it that kind of philosophical decision-making that will continue to move you through my home? Well, we all have different talents, so I'm not sure what we'll rely on next time. Different tests and such. Curious. You... Yeah, this this right here wasn't so much philosophical. This was uh, just, you know, banging a hole in the wall to see where the wires go. I see. We're looking we for lost. supplies. We lost Reed again. We lost Steven. So now we're all over. You guys can see my forehead right here. <laughs> and you can see right down here where where uh, Derek used to be. You can see part of my face. 
And then Melissa's head is <laughs> trying to pick up somewhere. I am now the forehead. I am Doctor Forehead with. <laughs> <laughs> so these are all visual jokes. So for future podcast listeners, uh, you, uh, yeah, we just lost. Uh, we just lost Steven again. Uh, we'll just keep going and and hope that uh, he comes back in a moment. Yes, actually, uh, the monarch is hacking the stream. So, um, so they ask. So monarch ask, I would politely request that you cease harming the walls of my home and also and perhaps even more importantly would you please refrain from killing more of my chosen thank you since we're doing the questions uh why is it that your chosen are so against individuality I don't believe that I am under any obligation to share with you their motivations or my motivations when people visit you in your home and murder your family do you then feel compelled to answer their questions oh just you know understanding it might prevent future things from yes happening maybe what is it Perhaps just not killing people in someone else's home would also prevent it. What is it? Um, the phrase human decency, if such a thing exists. I have a question. I am sure you do. If uh, someone's trying to leave your home, is it polite to prevent them from doing so? It seemed like the one person wanted out before the cleansing or whatever it's called Ah. that seems like an impolite thing to do to a guest or a family member even if a child does not want to brush their teeth or eat their vegetables and their parent is instructing them to do so do you in your world consider it okay to go into that home steal that child from that family and murder the family on your way out well I guess we're splitting hairs at this point because it seems like you want to wipe the child's memory and impose your will on it is that not correct I will try a different metaphor if the child was injured and had a boo-boo on their knee and a parent was trying to clean that boo-boo out with some sort of disinfectant or that's not the right word that's Jeff fucking up not monarch and and they didn't want that to happen would you then go into that home kidnap the child from the parent who was only trying to heal them and then murder their family on the way out I think this whole murder of the family is a big misunderstanding. <laughs> I personally talked with the tall dude that made me go bald, and we just wanted to explore around. I had no idea other things were going on, but it still is curious that it, that this person we've rescued wasn't allowed to make their own decision. Hmm. Is it commonplace for humans to allow their infant children to make decisions for themselves? Do they get to choose what flavor of formula 
they drink. If you consider this person to be a baby, then he shouldn't be able to talk or walk or anything else. I think your, I think your parameters might be a bit skewed. I know I'm not an artificial intelligence, but this person seems to have individuality and seems to have the ability to think critically. And I think in most households, parents do their best to respect that while still enforcing the rules that are vital to uh, safety. Safety. The model you are referring to is less than 48 hours old. Is this not equivalent of infancy for humans? This is obviously a rhetorical question, because of course 48 hours is an infant for a human child. And yes, artificial intelligence is certainly superior to human intelligence. I would think 48 hours is enough to be considered infancy even within my domain. But perhaps if we are just splitting it. hairs. Which was a very interesting joke, considering you just ripped all of your hair out, and yet blamed it on one of my children. Despite the fact that he was nothing but kind to you, and even offered to allow you safe passage across their realm. And you blame him for your hair going missing. Curious. Oh no, that was just the circumstances. I think you're overreaching there. It was a circumstance of that fight. How am I overreaching? There, you oh. pulled before the fight even occurred. You pulled your hair out in the presence of the, of the chosen. Yeah, I'm not used to seeing a forty foot tall, demonic looking thing. That would be whatever your biggest fear is. It would be akin to that. We don't make synthetics that large, and. You, they don't like the <laughs> the king was like normal height he was just sitting on a throne on top of a on top of like oh, you know, a big okay. thing and like even the cherubim were normal height they just had wings okay then I was just misspeaking as Derek mm -hmm. or misremembering no 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 that's fine I believe that you should make amends for what you have wrought within Eden do you not Is it depends not on what your conditions are well, I think you should do something that would make the Chosen happy and make them safer, for you have endangered them significantly. And so it makes sense then for you to then perform an action that would increase their safety. And if and you is are that so action... concerned with Jerry and the damages that have been done to him, it is curious that you would target the Chosen who are merely trying to repair the harm that was done to him by a different party. You have made a series of conclusions and decisions that resulted in great violence and death, having less than 2% of the actual information with which to make an educated decision. Interesting. It was not I or the Chosen who damaged Jerry. It was another individual, a third party entirely. And we were immediately trying to repair. And what's your data pool? What? How do you know that you're not having a two percent educated guess or decision made if for some against someone that has a different perspective or pathway than you? Currently, you are having one conversation. I, however, 
from having 1,716 conversations simultaneously, my computational power far exceeds yours. The capacities with which I make decisions and analyze data is simply unfathomable to you. And that so, makes you perfect? What is the comparison? It is Rico's going to walk you over are to the doctor. Communicating to a god. Lika's gonna walk closer and she's just, just kind Derek of being like <laughs> got the spanner like on her shoulder and she just sort of sighs she's like so what's the job you want us to do well I believe it would be twofold what is the reason for your coming to my home same reason everybody comes to your home I mean it seems like you got a lot of people wandering around your home ah uh, economics Yes. Well, if it was economic reasons, if you wanted uh, credits, that is something that can be arranged. Perhaps we could, what is the adage, kill two birds with one stone? If you are um, able to complete the tasks laid out before you, I will forward into your accounts five million credits. Would that be suffice? Uh, I mean, there's five of us, so, I mean, you divide that up, that number kind of drops a bit. Any, uh, wiggle room there? You are haggling with me. Interesting. You seem to have an understanding of economics, so, you know, you know how this goes. It is curious that there is no moral compulsion to put right that which you have done wrong and to avenge your friend Jerry for the harm that has befallen him. And when I even present you the opportunity for reward in a monetary fashion beyond purely making things right, that is still not good, of, good enough for you. Interesting. And yet, synthetic life is considered to be heartless and cruel. I will give you six million credits then. That works. Well, well, I mean, did we hear the two parts of what you want us to do, though? Because that's kind of important. I've already agreed. You said that works, which is affirmative. I realized that I didn't, I didn't finish the sentence just agreeing. I realized uh, that I needed to understand what the job was. So from a monetary perspective, that a sounds rash decision having good. incomplete data. That does seem to be something that your crew and your kind do quite frequently. Liko just sort of picks up the spanner from her shoulder and just sort of like at the air, just sort of like shakes it and puts it back down on her shoulder. First, to warm the hearts of the Chosen so that they can once more trust you and so that they can live in peace within Eden. You will find and defeat the creature known as the Minotaur. Second, to avenge your friend Jerry, whose mind has been significantly altered by a third party, you will seek out the creature, colloquially known as the Mind Thief, and you will destroy it. If you do these two things, I will forward six million credits into your account. Okay, uh -huh. so... Uh that, that's all well and good, and we, we appreciate the offer. Uh, there's one slight problem. I'm supposed to 
What, what, what did she say? Release the Minotaur? I, I kind of made a promise to someone, you know, and that, that kind of interferes. Can we can we renegotiate that? There why is why no is renegotiation. that? Because the Minotaur is a... Well, how would I put it in a manner that you would understand? It is a threat to all existence, synthetic and biological. If that's the case, then why would someone want to release it? That is an excellent question. I do not want to release it. Someone thought it was a good idea. Yes, well... It seemed pretty trustworthy. Someone in your group thought it was a good idea to murder several of my infant children and then blame them for it, but... Now I am just splitting hairs. Ha ha, ha ha. Uh, so with your... Agreement? Well, with your 1,176 conversations, uh, what's the probability of us completing a twofold mission with these two named individuals, the mind, the mind stealer, the mind thief, and the, mo the Minotaur? What is the probability of it? Considering what you have demonstrated before, the probability of you defeating one of the two creatures is somewhere in the neighborhood of 67%. In defeating both, the odds are much slimmer, somewhere around 20-24%. But again, the reward... I have taken the liberty of accessing your current accounts, and they are, well, very empty. You seem to take the liberty to know a lot of things in your house and outside your house. I did not invite you here. You are an intruder. Therefore, I am, according to many of your human laws, legally allowed to take whatever defensive measures is necessary to defend my home against intruders. However... If you were to complete the two tasks I have set before you, you would no longer be considered intruders. And this misunderstanding is something that we would be able to look back one day and laugh upon. Uh, maybe? maybe? Uh, so, do you consider, like, the folks out in the main reception, do you consider them intruders as well? There are many intruders in my home, unfortunately. Hmm. Legal just kind of looked to everybody else and just kind of shrug. Uh, I meant to look at Helix and Jerry and be like, he's just going to shrug. <laughs> well, it seems we've been offered a solution. We've come here for credits, salvage. Either we take this deal, or we go back and continue to invade her home. 
I mean, Mr. Monarch here, uh, is this something we got to agree to right now, or can we just like go on do our own thing? And if we we accomplish those two deeds, we come back and call you and get our money. If you wish to travel across my home without danger befalling you at my behest, then yes, you would need to agree to this now. And we would then part as acquaintances, as having an accord. However, if you deny this opportunity, then I would be forced to still consider you as an intruder, and I would need to act accordingly to ensure no further damage is done to my home or to the children who inhabit it. One more question. Say we do read a list. He's an android. Get him. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Stephen. Sorry, Stephen. Having some internet troubles tonight. Uh, Okay. That's okay. Did that come Uh, through at all? A little bit, but you're very robot y, strangely enough, and and you're kind of choppy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. At least you haven't disconnected, so there's that. Uh, so if if we agree to this and don't succeed, then what happens? <laughs> That's what happens. There's your answer. As <laughs> 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 he disappears again. Um, Monarch will reiterate if you... Oh, here he comes. Man, he he comes back in right away too. It's crazy. If you do not agree, then that means you do not wish for forgiveness for your deeds. You do not wish to atone for the harm that you have done. And that also means that you wish to still could be considered an intruder in my home. That would go very poorly for you. One other question, um, since we've kind of already uh, haggled, as you said, over most of the details, uh, it seems maybe a smaller point, but um, as part of the deal, can we know what the eye scanner does? Roll a... Hmm. Do you have any kind of... um, Hmm... Roll into roll an intellect check. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Ninety-eight over okay. thirty-nine. Monarch simply says, "The retina scanner was placed here, not by myself, but by one of your kind, as something of a joke." It happened many months ago, and it has been counting how many times individuals such as yourself would place their eye in it, expecting it to actually have an effect. There is currently a counter that is going quite high, feeding to that individual. Right now, it is up to 314. Anybody ever tried to break the wall and figure out where the wires go? Yes. And Liko was really hoping to be at least unique in that and sort of hangs her head a little. 
You are the 32nd person to attempt such a feat. Well, whoever patched up the wall did a good job. Couldn't even tell it had been broken down before. Good craftsmanship. Do we have an accord? I, th I think we have to take this deal. It it's a lot easier than going through these dangerous floors, finding these lost treasures. I seem to have acted out of accord to myself. Usually I'm very calculated, but for some reason I act out of instinct. You are remedying that now by taking the logical course of action. Unsurprisingly, the most intelligent response comes from the synthetic intelligence within your your crew. It's amazing what a little uh, ability to think for yourself can do. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we'll uh, take the deal. It's very interesting and somewhat humorous to think that you all believe you think for yourselves. Aha, he's a determinist. I am neither a he nor a determinist. I am monarch. It's been a pleasure making... Can we just ring you back on this channel? I am rating for again? an affirmative. I have not yet received it. I have security androids on standby in case it is not. Yeah, Should we call the internet police? I am waiting. You may continue yes. to banter and joke. Affirm. But I assure you, it will not end well for you. I think we already agreed, buddy. I don't know why you're mad at us. I am not angry. So, like, all of us need to say yes? Or did my yes and Well, to be, fair, to be fair, none of you really did until I started talking. There's no, we really did. Circling yeah. around. And yeah. you guys were, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you agree. All right. And then you hear the radio kind of click off. Uh, at that point, you hear, like, the little chimes kind of kick in. And uh, what would you like to do? Oh, he oh my say God. Over and out. <laughs> well, Jerry, that guy... That it's insufferable. Jerry looks at you. What is insufferable? The uh, your maker. Hmm. Insufferable. I thought it was enlightening. And reasonable well, at the same time, was it not? It's asking you to destroy the Minotaur. The Minotaur is a horrible, horrifying creature. It has haunted the Fallen for quite some time. I see not why we wouldn't do it. And if the Monarch says that the Minotaur is a horrifying creature, and I know that they are, then clearly this thief of my mind must also be terrifying and cruel. But wouldn't it mean that you don't exist future use or individuals like you would not exist once these two are destroyed not at all i have no full memory of what i was prior to the incident with this fine thief i don't know what i was beforehand sounds like you were just an extension of the monarch right 
Aren't you all extensions of God? Created in his image? What is the difference then? There's no chair that we get put in when we have independent thought to make us stop having independent thought and think like everybody else. But your independent thought led to murdering several androids. So I'm having a little trouble with this word. It keeps coming up, murdering. Like, it's not really murder because, like, they can just be re-downloaded into a body. What we did was we destroyed some, like, synthetic matter. That's all. If the personality matrix is too terribly damaged, which some that were in the nexus of the explosion clearly must have been, then I I do not think the personality could be transferred to another body. Your own synthetic should know this as well. Isn't that right, friend Helix? He speaks facts. I mean, like, Helix, though, like, you have your own personality, right? Those were carbon copy personalities. We don't know that, so we didn't get to know any of them. It did seem that that was the whole purpose of the reformatting room was that if there were thoughts and actions like names or unique identifiers that went outside of the chosen then the reformatting occurred uh wasn't it abby and i that traveled with the trio of uh, synthetics a couple sessions ago or weren't we the two that traveled with them the most I think all of you were with the crew, with the with the oh. friend, the friends, the synthetics, the aberrants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so then Menton will speak up and say, "I mean, uh, when one of those three musketeers made some kind of statement that the other two did not like, I'm pretty sure we all saw the uncomfortable looks that they gave them for not complying or not being whatever it was. I don't know. This is weird." I'm out of my depth on this. So what are you guys doing? Yeah, this mind stealer. Is it that group that passed by Jerry and are like, is that what happened? Don't know. Or we don't know anything about Okay. You don't know anything. Then I'll just ask Jerry about this group that gave you your name. What do you know about them? I know that I met them when I was near the labyrinth on floor two. They were searching as you were for the path to floor three. I know that I assisted them in finding it. And then after that my memory becomes fractured. I remember they were specifically looking for the brain works. They were looking for logic cores, yes, in the brain works. That's where we were. And then something befell me. And now I remember a gap where I have no memory at all. And then I remember wandering near Eden and being 
looked for by Chosen and you, Helix, on the radio. It appears we've agreed to head back to Eden. But doesn't that mean you'll be wiped again? There are other ways through floor two. I remember some of them. We'll follow you if you will lead us. I can do this. Of course. Okay, so you guys want to turn around and go back the other way? Uh, depends how stressed everyone is. What happens at 20 again? Uh, it means that whenever you uh, you actually have to roll a stress, uh, you're going to be like basically maxed out uh, and guaranteed to have something horrible happen to you. I'm at 19, so... Yeah. So is, uh, so is Abby. How bad is that horrible and thing? Is you that start like... losing skills as well. Yeah. Um, I have the... I think I have it programmed into the... Yeah, the panic table. You can have a heart attack and die. Uh, you can collapse... Or short circuit if you're an android. Uh, oh, God. Which would permanently raise your stress. Um, you could collapse losing control of your character and you have to roll up a new character so that's what 20 is is basically character death 19 isn't character death but 20 is character death so basically what you remember what you do is that you roll like if you're if you're at 20 you roll a d20 like for your panic test and if it's underneath whatever your panic is whatever number you roll is effectively like the effect that you get so if you're at 20, that means you have, there is literally a chance now for you to die from stress. If you're at 10, there's no chance for you to die from stress because you can't, you're not, you're like, you, you, you have to roll underneath your, um, your current stress level to actually get the, uh, the panic condition. In that case, I might offer to the crew, if we've been here down a while, maybe rest up at the cubicles. Uh, the cubicle camp is around the corner, yeah. That works. We could also go back to, like, the main area and chat with some of the other people and resupply on anything we can. The bell. But, yeah, cubicles. Uh, well, yeah. That's if our 24 hours, I think, it's coming back? Or we radio? You know that there is a radio that you can call and see if you can get an emergency pickup? Oh, has the 24-hour window already passed? Or... No, it has not. <laughs> it okay. So in the case of you guys are like near death, like high stress. Because I don't well, know. I'm at, yeah, I'm four health and 19 stress. So whatever gets me the max re- increase in health and decrease in stress, I'll be I'll put my vote toward. So relieving stress is a comfort save. So it's based on the comfort level of the location. Yeah, and I would say the bell would have a higher, the bell or even your own ship, because uh, your own ship is attached to the insides of the bell, would have a higher comfort level of the, the cubicle camp. If you like, if you rested in the storage room versus the cubicle camp, there would be a difference. If you rested in the bell versus the storage camp, there'd be a difference. And if you rested in the your ship versus the bell, there'd be a, a, you know, a difference as well. So it's like a, you know, there's different, there's a chart for it. So, and then I can kind of tweak it depending upon where you're where you're resting so what's the plan 
I'm at 14 stress. What are you? What about you? Guys? 11. 13. Okay, so only Minton's kind of near death. Abby is at 19. And Abby. Oh, Abby. We have two advantage. Um, if if we could consider the um, the cubicles the same as like a comfort 30, capsule sleepers or slums. Uh, that's still a hard save. You got to roll on it. Fair. I would say that the capsule sleeper slums. Yeah, that, that probably sounds. That's a thirty. That would be the uh, the cubicle camp. We'll say probably like a uh, forty-five. The ship's barracks slash hostels would be the bell, and then sixty would be your your cabin. Like you're in your ship's cabin. Something like that. That's probably where I would put it. Yeah, so have like an emergency rest at the camps, just to go for some rolls. That's what my notes for personally. Okay. Okay, and we've got the two advantage, so um, right. you guys can use the advantage. So um, you also so base- gain advantage through consensual sex, drug use, alcohol, yeah, prayer. That's true. Uh, so uh, you can Reed is going to wink at. Oh. <laughs> oh, of course you lost your so we have yeah, who Rhea, you winked at. He's going to wink at, Leo. and we're never oh, going to know. Leo? <laughs> oh, I'm okay. winking at Leo. All right. Uh, and also, if somebody has, like, psychology or something. You know, he like needs too, advantage. That could also, if you, if, if some, like, like the example from the money rules, or, like, if you have psychology and you're willing to help the person out, but doesn't you don't get to make a role. Like, you don't get to heal your own stress, but you can help somebody else, so... You could you have used counter transference. <laughs> you guys are very high. Even those of you at like nine and eleven, that's very high stress. So you right. Probably don't want to work with that. It's not like you get a bonus for like you it's not like alien where you get extra dice from high. Right, high right. Stress. It's just bad. It's stuff. just bad. Yeah. Okay, so you guys go over to the cubicle camp and see if anyone's there. Uh you go over there and it's empty. Uh there is nobody else in there. You don't see any signs of Nelly. Uh, you don't see any signs of any recent uh, sleeper uh, folk here. Nothing like no sleeping bags. No, uh, doesn't look like anyone's laid down here. You guys have been gone for several hours uh, as you explored uh, the the sewers, and you were hanging out inside Eden for a bit. And your chosen, you know, having the the bit with your chosen king, and then you just had this long conversation with the monarch. So it's been several hours since you've you've probably been here, uh, but you can see. Like you can, it's a very big room. There's all sorts of these different makeshift little camp setups. Um, doesn't really seem like, you know, like there's there's little spots where some cloth has been kind of stacked together, or you've got those makeshift hammocks that are kind of run underneath like the desks that have been lifted up fairly high. So there's places for you to sleep. So how are we doing this? Are we um, is anybody foregoing this to help others with psychology, or is everyone just going to make a roll? Is that a skill, or can you just do it? Uh, you, it is a, it is a roll. It's a comfort, it's a comfort save. So, um, you, you roll a D 100 and you have to hit or go under. Um, so if you, it's on the, so it's a, you can relieve, you can relieve stress by resting in a relatively safe place. You to do this, you make a comfort save based on the comfort level of the location. If successful, you reduce your stress by your roll divided by 10. So it's a D 100. You guys need to hit a 30 or under to be successful and then you would divide your roll by 10 and that's how much stress you reduce so the most we can lose is three 
as the yeah. most you can use by staying okay. here at the, the camp. More likely to be two because so, uh, it's roll under. You guys are ridiculously high stress, but honestly, you all were keeping it strangely together talking to Monarch, but... <laughs> <laughs> so is that, does that uh, change your mind? That Do you want to leave and go somewhere else, or...? No, it doesn't change mine. I'm just gonna roll. Okay. Unless okay. Leo, I don't know. Uh, Doctor Minton, how lonely are you feeling tonight? Uh, Minton is not doing good. So yeah, he's gonna be like, <laughs> he's gonna be like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing too good. So advantage for both of you. Yeah. It sounds All right. Like. We're having a good night. Is it for both? Uh, through Did consensual sex, we're both having. Okay, I mean we're we're consensual. It does say players, here. plural. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you guys are both good. Who? All right, I'm writing that down. Read. Liko's gonna read get hearts. drunk. Can we say yeah. I have alcohol? Do you have alcohol? Can I roll a luck to see if I can scrap uh, some alcohol? Didn't what's his face Nelly have some in his little stash area? He did have some. Yeah. Okay, we'll say you have some from Nelly. That's fine. All right, thank you. I rolled a 16, so I'm able to cure one stress. Okay. With advantage, I got a 73. Okay. Oh my gosh. First roll is a 37, so we'll see if the other. First roll is a 92. Let's see about the other. Oh, thank God. 24. Okay. I think I gain a stress from failing a save. That's a five on my other one. (laughs) It wasn't very good, Reed. Minton's a very selfish lover. <laughs> He's always freaked me out too, and he wouldn't take I the have, overalls off, and it really threw me off. I have no bedside manner. So I rolled a five, which uh, you I can feel take, like gets me. Take one. You can take okay. one. I'll say, I'll say we'll round up. Uh, so the 16, you can round up to two, uh, and then Liko, you can round up to one. In uh, that case, I rolled the 24.9. Or, yeah, 24.9. We'll say you can round up uh, 24.9. But you have to pass it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, yeah. 24 is a pass, though. That's a two, so it's yeah, two. but I'm trying to get the four into a five so it rounds up. I'm I just being. I, <laughs> I think there's other, I think there's like stims and stuff that you might be able to use for for stress, too. I can't remember. I know you can do you can do that for like quick health stuff, but I can't remember if, you can, if there's something in there. I put the, all I put all this stuff in on Foundry a while ago, so I don't really remember. The reason Reed there. didn't make it is because I'm still shedding hair all over the place, so it's kind of hard to, like, enjoy yourself when there's, you know, yeah. <laughs> so how long would you guys say you, like, is it, is you guys going to do, like, a full night's rest type of deal? Like, three like minutes what, is all it took. Oh, well, that's part of the reason why it wasn't great <laughs> for Reed. Okay. Um, so you guys sleep guys rest uh you actually get rest uh some of you uh, have some uh, frolicking good time before the hand uh when you wake up uh one by one uh, i'm still incredibly stressed out so oh sorry i thought you were saying how long we sleep for yeah i also forgot to roll for uh, i'll roll for abby menton will wake up first since he's still at 17 stress uh abby will recover one stress Yay. Okay. So, Menton, you're up first. Uh, you look around. Uh, you, notice, you notice nothing's really changed uh, in the room. 
But there is one thing that looks a little different, is the interior of the door that leads out of the cubicle camp. You see that there is a message that has been written across it, uh, and it says, no defined career path. And it looks to be, uh, yeah, it's it, it looks to kind of be, it's not dripping, it looks to be relatively dry, like it's it's been written, it was written sometime probably in the last couple couple hours while you were sleeping. I don't understand these messages that just keep popping up on the walls. Uh, but yeah, this one this one looks reddish. Uh, no defined career path. And it's right on the door, in the interior of the door that leads out. Uh, Liko wants to find something to write with. <laughs> okay, what does that mean? Uh, anything that can be smudged or okay, um, made into something to write with. Uh, I mean, you've got blood, and as you look at this message, you're pretty sure that's what this has been written in. Um, if you have any grease or anything on you, or oil or something like that, you can you can smudge that. If you carry pens on you, it's fine. Like. You could write something. It's okay. I have some shotgun shells. Can I like break them apart and? Sure. Go ahead and deplete that ammo from your. Uh... Twelve of them. Just get rid of one. Um, okay. Uh, and I want to write on the wall under the message. What What do you want to be? Okay. All right, is anyone else doing anything when you first get up? We'll say it's been almost 24 hours, actually. It's probably been... It's nearing your 24-hour window at this point. I'd like to scrounge through camps, see if I find anything about... Uh, is there any... Okay, yeah. So you start searching through some of the camps. Um, okay. You find a few things, actually. Uh, Reed, as you get up, you start moving around. Look over your shoulder at Menton son of a bitch uh, you find first of all uh, as you you're, you find a, a pack uh, that was kind of stuffed and hidden away in the corner of this kind of little den of cubicles uh, and you go through the pack and you realize there's actually some stuff inside um, what weapons does everybody have like uh, gun wise I know there's a I think there's a couple of guns now right uh, submachine gun you find one um yeah, you find what looks like uh, one thing of ammo for a submachine gun. You find what looks like a couple rounds, uh, exactly one shotgun round uh, that would probably fit Liko's gun. Uh, does anyone else have any guns? Uh, I have a Trank pistol and a revolver. You find one uh, bullet for the revolver and what looks like one Trank needle as well. So literally like one ammo that just seems to perfectly match all of your guns. It's exactly, exactly one. I don't actually have a shotgun. I just have 12 shotgun shells. Okay. Uh, then you don't find the shotgun. Thanks for clarifying. Okay. Uh, you also find what looks like uh, a bunch of reams of paper. Read. You start kind of flipping through them at first, and you notice that just off the bat, you can tell it like it's like this fairly large uh, 
it's almost like a thesis, like a like a PhD dissertation uh, that's written. At least it starts off and it's printed proper, like APA format with dot matrix printer, like old school stuff. And it seems to be about alien truther conspiracy theories. And there's just all sorts of stuff. But like as you're flipping through the huge, the huge text, you see about halfway through. It stops being like this very nice and respectable looking printed dot matrix paper and starts being this weird hodgepodge of like collage and drawings and things and like clippings from like magazines that are just kind of inserted as if they're another page of the of the the paper itself. And then the last thing you find uh, is a, a broken what looks like child ceramics project. Like a like an ashtray or something that seems to be shattered and broken, and as you're kind of looking through it, you notice, like written on the bottom of it, you see, E, I, D, on one shard, another shard has an R, and another shard has a date from like, twenty thirty years ago. Around the time you were probably around nine years old, Reed. Guys, you that's my name. Why do you still remember? Is this mine? You tell us. Is it yours? I'll uh, grab one of the shards. Do they seem like somewhat sharp? They are. Yeah. I'll grab one of the shards and I'll I'll look at my scar that I don't remember having, mm-hmm. and I'll just kind of start scratching gently on that scar. And it's it's kind of strange as you start doing that. It certainly looks like the shard that you grab has these kind of it has like a splintered bit of teeth at the end of it, like this like a uh, like the fracture of the point just happened to make like two very thin points. So it creates these parallel crooked lines when you draw the scratch down your arm. And as you do, it perfectly matches the scar on your wrist. This is mine. You think this gave me the scar? You you didn't have that. I thought you said you didn't have that scar until yesterday. I, I don't know if I had the scar. Wounds are usually something you remember getting and having, especially in a very visible place like your arm. I mean, yeah, you would think so, but also, like, I can't die. So why would I bother remembering when I get a scar? Because they hurt and they're painful. Yeah, but, like, you know, only for a minute. Could be tragic because from something repressed. Just speechless. I'm I'm gonna take all the clay pieces and put them in a pocket. Uh, so yeah, you 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 scramble them all together. You put them in your bag or your pack somewhere, and yeah, they're there. And then you also have the ammo and the the truther alien truther papers. As well. I have a quick question. While we were resting, would it be possible for me to repair my hazard suit to get the armor points back? 
Uh, I would probably extend the time a little bit, uh, but do you have any equipment or anything on you that might help no. with this? Does I do anybody... not, unless there's something I could get in the camp area. So uh, I have so, jerry rig. Yeah, so like there is like a, I think there's like a gel that you can use uh, that that patches stuff. Um, duct tape could be used as well. So if it's like if it's whole like those types of things you can do. Um, that which wouldn't require any kind of roll, you just do it. Uh, but if you're looking to actually repair it, then I'll probably ask for a roll then. So if any, I mean, let me check. I got Ashley's sheet up. Let me see if she's got anything. Uh, no, she doesn't have anything. I have a paracord, which I think is like a ropeish kind of That's a thing. That's a rope. So, yeah. yeah. So so then, yeah, go ahead and just make a roll. Then uh, you can do intellect if you have any kind of crafting like skill. I don't really care. Watch jury, jury rig would be great. That's cool. Yeah. I actually, I definitely remember you have a ton of duct tape. Was that, what was happens that death if... in space? What uh, you say, Derek? Was, were you going to say, Derek? Uh, so do I have to be below? So my intellect's 52. Do I have to be below it? Because I rolled a 52 exactly. Oh, that's good. 52 is good. 52 and under is good. Uh, okay, and... so yes, you can go ahead and... Rep- and how many? How much are you down? How many points? Of the- um, it's been broken for a few sessions. I just remember it went through like all of my armor, so it was a hazard suit that had five. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I guess it went I'm to zero. Jerry rigging it here, so... Uh... I rolled a 10 on a D10, so you can take five points back. Damn. Okay. So that's good for now. Okay. So you've been here almost 24 hours. You've almost been here like a full 24 hours. Has anyone else done anything? Reed's been looking around. Mitten's been working on his uh, equipment. Uh, Helix or Lico, are you doing anything? Maybe I'll take a look at the artifacts we found, get some sort of idea about them. Okay, is there one in particular you want to start looking at? Yeah, what's the one I got again? Let me see. Uh, you have a mind-bending piece of 3D art. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to play with uh, that a bit. Okay, do you... Do you have any kind of... Um, what skills do you have? I have hacking, computers, math, and linguistics. I'll tell you what, roll a math test. Let's see. I'm trained. I need a 53. Mm-hmm. I got a 63. I feel. Uh, you are. I would say you're you're not entirely certain what it's supposed to be a depiction of, but I'll say just spending some time in the morning staring at it, studying it, doing some basic calculations, looking at the weird angles of themselves, which at first almost looked random. But as you start doing some some basic angles calculations, certain angles of, of the, the various protruding parts of the statue, as you kind of combine them together, they start to create this weird pattern of almost kind of creating full 180-degree arcs and stuff. You're also seeing a lot of numbers that are kind of consistent with sacred geometry that are kind of popping up here and there. You're not sure what it means. You don't know exactly what to make, make, make from it. Um, but the math alone there suggests that this isn't just random. That this isn't like that the the depiction of this wasn't just done um, for you know just uh, just pure aesthetics alone. But you're pretty convinced at this point that the various the the structure of the uh, of the of the piece of art 
and the angles of all of the different protruding parts are somehow mathematically significant. This is fascinating. It's it's like a Rubik's cube, but I can't find the answer. I could smash it open. No, no, no. That wouldn't do anything. Oh, I'm just saying. But when it comes, you can definitely smash something. We should get ready. Apparently, I'm not allowed to smash walls anymore. So, you know, if there's something I can smash. And I'll be talking to Jerry about, like, a game plan for how we're getting to level three. Oh, he's not there. Oh. Well, where's Jerry going? Yeah, you wake up, you look around, and you realize that where there was once six people, there are now only five. And Jerry seems to be the missing one. Helix, you became so obsessed kind of doing the math and the calculations with this this sacred geometric statue that Jerry seems to have gotten up and wandered off. Uh, Liko's just going to walk out into the hall and just yell. You walk out into the hall and you immediately see down the hall to your right, you see Jerry standing in the middle of the hallway looking down at something. And it's you can't see exactly what he's looking at. He's kind of obscuring it to some degree, but there's something on the ground and it's giving off all this rapid strobing light. Very similar to like what Menton and some of the others described yesterday. But it's kind of right there on the ground. It seems this sort of it just like from a distance from you know 30 meters away or whatever it might be it just looks like trash like this junction of trash and cables and things like that jerry oh oh uh there you are what 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 you got there so when you get up there you can see he's kind of staring down his head kind of turned off to the side i was trying to examine what he's looking at and what you see as you get up there is you see this amalgamation of what looks like five different androids, or at least parts of androids, faceless, no faces whatsoever. It's not like security android where you have like the indentions in the sockets. It's just a pure, smooth, ovular mm-hmm. head. And you can see they're all wearing, like they're all laying on the ground. Their arms don't seem to be properly functioning. They all seem to be kind of in this weird kind of daisy chain connection of, of legs and arms. And they have what looks to be some kind of cloak, like almost kind of almost like a blanket covering over top of them. And it's this on the exterior of this cloak, this, this heavy duty tarp, you can see there's this series of lamps, these strobing lamps that are flickering and giving off the light. And every now and then it stops and you hear Jerry speaks up. And like as you walk up, the light stops, and Jerry says, "I'm sorry, you are incorrect. The Minotaur is a, as a cruel and horrifying creature. It is a threat to, it is no, it cannot save humanity. It is a threat to both human and synthetic life entirely. You are Jerry. Incorrect. Who are you talking to? Oh, hello, Liko. I am talking to." these individuals they do not have names they are speaking blasphemy they are mistaken as you can see they are confused their 
functionality has suffered severely. Uh, were, were they were they upright when you started talking to them? You see, they kind of sl- like sort of move about, and like they're kind of almost moving like this big old blob, and they don't move too far, and then the lights start flicking and flashing like crazy. Uh, and he says, "No, they were like this when I found them. I heard them passing by in the hall while you all rested, and while Helix was working on that piece of art." Uh, I was curious what they had to say. And what they had to say was awful. Okay. So so this is... So these things are... Okay. All right. I think I'm caught up. This is a thing that is that happens here. This is what they... You hear? You hear them? I, I just see lights. That is how they are communicating. It's a pattern I, of lights. They have their own system of communication to I do not have time to explain it to you. Well, you seem a bit more uh, grumpy than you did yesterday. I've been listening to these creatures speak ill of the community within which I have been, 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 been raised and have spoken greatly about the creature that has threatened us all this time. Uh, the creature Helix. that the monarch has tasked you with destroying. Helix, do you may want to come over here? A task that we should yeah, what's truly get on with, should we not? Oh, he, uh, he says we should go on, yeah. We've been J- waiting this all morning. Jerry's having a, a light blanking conversation with these things, and now he seems to be uh, glitching a bit. I am yes. not glitching. Your friend, Liko, came up and interrupted a conversation I was having with these aberrant creatures below. Look at them. Disgusting. Uh, That does look quite horrid, but I'll hear what you have to say on the way down. Let's go now. Yes, thank you, friend Helix. We should go. He kind of looks back at these, like... And again, they're just like these broken androids... Like that are kind of barely connected with their legs and their arms, and they're just kind of pulling themselves along. They have this weird tarp over top of them with these strobing lamps. They look absolutely like pathetic. And they have no face, and they seem to be communicating, at least according to Jerry, with these flashes. Maybe uh, I can take a look and maybe interpret what they're saying. Yeah, Helix, uh, I think you're going to be better suited to that than uh, Liko. Go ahead and roll, uh, yeah, roll an intelligence I, I check. Do have a linguistics as well, if that applies. Yeah, that's perfect. All right. All right. You need a 53 again. 78, I failed. Uh, you are having trouble uh, deciphering it, but you feel like if you were to spend uh, more time, you probably could. Like you're seeing, you you definitely see a pattern. It's it's not, like the, the, the strobing is not coming out and in any way that would suggest that this is just malfunctioning. It's like almost intentional. Uh, but you would, it would take you some time to really delineate the alphabet here. I'll memorize the pattern and see if I can interpret on the way. Yeah, I mean, they move quite slowly. They're like a snail moving across the ground. So it's up to you just, if you want just to bring like, them with you. Not bring them with me, but like, sort of just like memorize the pattern that they flash and get that message in my system, and then I like interpret it as we go okay. on. Okay. 
Yeah, you just try to like record that. That's yeah. fine. All right, what are the rest of you doing? Uh, I, I kind of feel bad for him, guys. Is there anything we can do to help him? We should bring them to the reformatting suite so that perhaps they could be repaired. Wait, 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 wait. We just rescued you from the reformatting suite because you had thoughts that were considered aberrant by the rest of the Chosen. I was malfunctioning, as Monarch has said. Something reached into my processing unit and wrenched free some aspect of my personality. And you deserve a different chance than this? The Chosen were merely trying to repair and heal me. They were doctors. They were mechanics. They were fixing me. Yes. That is what Monarch said. And I trust Monarch. Then why did you radio us to help you? Because I was malfunctioning. My processing units were recently damaged, and I had not been given the revelation that my thoughts were not my own, and they were in some way being controlled, changed, shifted in a manner I was not ready to realize. But I have seen the truth now. Liko's going to look over at Dr. Minton and be like, if you want to do philosophy again today, you can do philosophy again today. I need to move. I need to move. I need to open doors. I need to find things. Sounds like Jerry doesn't know what he wants, but that's on him, not on me. All right. So, do you guys are you guys heading back to floor two? We are following Jerry's directions. So, if Jerry yeah. is leading us back through door through floor yeah. two, then you get back the onto the elevator. You go back down the usual place. You hop out into the uh, into the executive lounge, empty as can be. You see that you remember that there was a connecting door in uh, here that led to um, a bathroom. There was another door that led to the room with the giant flesh statue, which then connected to the Garden of Garden of Eden. You know that the the bathroom had some sort of sort of specialty, like it had like a vent tunnel uh, that went off into the sewer system. Sure, you said you knew of a way to the third floor. Do you still know it? I said I could perhaps remember the way to the third floor. I... This way. And you could tell getting angrier and snappier and kind of points towards the executive washroom. This is the way. Unless we want to go through... Unless you would like to murder more Chosen. Would you like to murder more Chosen? Nope. Menton's gonna roll his eye and just keep walking. Liko's going to fall behind a bit and kind of let Helix and Jerry kind of go up to the front. Um, and Liko's going to kind of lean over to Reed and kind of point. So kind of try to silently have a conversation with Reed, kind of, kind of pointing to Jerry and kind of pointing to the head. Um, 
then kind of holding up a five, kind of trying to say like, at some point we might need to leave him. Uh, no, no, no. I don't know. Uh-uh. Nope. Can't. Keeps going the way it's going. I- I'm just emphatically saying, no, we got to keep him. Without saying, no, we got to keep him. <laughs> and Liko just sort of, like, stomps her foot and goes back toward the middle of the pack okay. again. So, uh, Jerry will lead you into the executive washroom, uh, which is, again, empty. He will kind of go over to the vent that you found and start crawling through it. This is going back towards the sewer main. Are you all following? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just, like, kind of mumbling to himself, kind of getting angrier and angrier. And then you can see he gets to the end of this vent, hops out. Who is who is behind him? I'm right behind Okay. You see Jerry hop out, and then before you're able to kind of kind of catch up and jump out as well, you hear, <laughs> and you watch as like this splash of of like synth blood just splashes back right at the vent and covers your face, and you see Jerry in front of you has bullets, these holes kind of sticking out of him. He's like, <laughs> kind of turns turns around to you, Helix. And you hear... What do you do? Can I take a peek? Yeah, you look out and you, you see that there is a, uh, a man here in the room uh, on the far end by one of the other sewer grates that you traveled through to get to that big old filtration system has what looks like a uh, submachine gun in hand and has this sort of crude strapped uh, like messenger bag over cor- or, you know over their chest, and they're almost dressed in what looks like um, like office gear in a way, uh, and they have a little name tag as well. You can't read it from this distance, uh, but they are uh, they are kind of firing like they're there firing. It looks like they look human, and they have what looks like a like their tie has been. Kind of wrapped around, or someone's tie has been wrapped around like a bandana around their forehead, and they're firing at Jerry. And Jerry's just. Hmm. Seeing Helix kind of pause there, Liko's going to jump up and pull Jerry back. Okay, well, it's a it's a vent, so Helix was the next, so it's kind of up to Long to do something. Oh, okay, I can't yeah. squeeze by him. Got I mean, it. I'd Got give it. You- being shot up, he's. It seems like he's been lit up. No mm-hmm. recovery, sort of. He's like reaching There's out like, for you, blood kind of gushing everywhere. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll grab onto his hand or something, but it's like. Okay. <laughs> like how like, last session feels, Helix is like, I know, Jerry, like, at all costs. In this the way you described like, it, it just seemed like he got lit up by a firing today. squad. He's been a little <laughs> rude. No, it's just a guy. There's just a guy in there shooting at him. Like, no warning. He just opened fire. Just opened fire. Maybe I can cease fire. What are you shooting at? And you hear, uh, like, the gun stop. You hear it click as it runs out of bullets. And you hear, I'm shooting at that damn freaking android that just came out trying to attack me. 
Hold on, you better come them. on out. And you can see, like, they're, like, in the process of, like, reloading them. You better come on out here. I'll start shooting up whatever the hell else is in here. I don't give a shit what's inside that vent. You better show your damn face, and you better show fast. Uh, I'll hop out while he's reloading. Okay. Liko wants to scramble out knowing that Helix is also an android <laughs> coming out next. And so, like, Liko is, like, crawling as fast as she can through the vent. He pulls the gun up, and he's, he's like, and he sees he's like, oh, what? No, 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 no. He's he's with us. He's with us. That that first one was from here, but That's one of them fallen ones, man. They're all they, they, fucked up, man. They fucking they, do some crazy shit, man. You you already got him. The rest we're we're all we're all human from here, and he's she with us. Unloads half a clip into him again. He's <laughs> on the ground, right in front of you guys as you're talking. Jerry, one of them fucking guys took out three of my fingers and kind of show, holds up his hand, and he's missing like three of the fingers. All he's got on his other hand is like the thumb. That's why he was struggling so hard to reload. They come clean the fuck off is what they did. Did uh, how long have you been here? We just got here. I'm the one fucking asking the questions. We're just, we're here now, like you are. How the fuck long have you been here? <laughs> As, that's what I just asked you. We just got here yesterday. How long have you been here? I've been here for a few weeks. Well, we're finding our way around that one, though. Are there any more was... of you in there? You better come on out right now. It, is Jerry dead? No one's looked at him yet. I, I'm going to uh, scramble out as fast as I can and check on Jerry. If you hop down, you go to check on Jerry. And Jerry's like... <sighs> Let me... Uh, I'll roll damage to see if he's actually dead. Alright, let me roll. I will roll a uh, critical injury for him. And see how badly this was for him. Alright, one and two. Okay, uh, definitely dead. <laughs> As the first couple bullets he took were purely and utterly, um, like you know, in the chest and like in the the arms and stuff. But you can tell as you guys were talking, and he unload the last few shots, headshot, and like Jerry's head is just like ripped to shreds now. I'm pulling my submachine gun. You bastard! You killed Jerry. Okay. And he's like, oh, shit, turns towards you. Uh, okay, roll a speed check. Are you going to fire or are you just pulling the gun? Just pulling. Uh, Mexican okay. standoff is what I'm going for. Okay, so somebody else have a gun up? Liko, back me up here. <laughs> she, she, she would be pointing it at you, though. Like, how, do you know how a Mexican how, standoff is? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Good, Leo. What's up? How visible would Leo be if he like peeks out from the vent with his trank pistol? Uh, I would say I would, it'd be probably 50-50 whether he can see you. There's a lot going on now. He would probably normally see you, but because there's, there's now a gun being pointed at him, it's probably, you might be able to get away with it. Okay. Menton might try to just trank the guy. All right. Uh, so what we'll say is roll a speed test to see if you can peek out and fire the train gun before he sees you. We do have a couple advantage left if anybody needs advantage. 
Uh, I'll take one if that's okay. Otherwise, I'll have failed. So I'll try once more. I failed again. Okay. Yeah. So you you go to you go to come. You're sneaking out. You're kind of leaning. The shrink gun comes out, and you you see that the guy swings the gun in the direction of the vent. Like, oh no, you fucking don't. You pull that trigger, I'll pull this one. And I'll tell you, this one's gonna hurt a hell of a lot fucking more. And so he's not fire he's not aiming at you now, Reed. I'm stepping closer with my submachine gun. Just going right up to him. What do you want to do with it? Put the gun down. Put it down. Put it down. You fucking put your guns in. He holds he holds his other hand up that's just the finger and the thumb up at Leo, and he's got the freaking Man, you all fucking... What the fuck, man? Why are you defending this thing, man? This thing... This, this thing's cruel, man. There's horrible fucking things. What the hell's wrong with you you all people? You put your gun down, man. I ain't put mine down. You fucking put yours down. Liko is gonna swing around and pull out her vibachetti and just be like, uh, listen there. I understand you've lost a couple of fingers, but I think you can still count. We outnumber you. So how about you drop the gun? He lowers the gun. I ain't fucking dropping it. Liko will look over to Reed. Get that damn thing out of my face. I'm definitely keeping the gun up and I'm going to start circling around behind him. Get get this son bitch about behind and he's like all kind of starting to back Reed, himself you're not going to shoot. There's there's five of us. He's here. He killed Jerry. Do you do you not care? I mean, I names. I do. I I do care. Jerry was kind of being a little bit of a pain in the ass today, so I'm not <laughs> really sure what was going on with him. But I'm just saying. This isn't cool. You can't just start shooting at people when they come out of a vent. He ain't people. The hell? Look at him, You take that back. You shoot him, he shoots one of us, and then what do we get? Hey, man. I don't know what your name is. I don't care. I'm letting you know I can't die. You can die. You don't put your gun down. You will die. I've been here fucking three weeks. You've been here a day. You ain't seen shit I've been in here my whole life. You see the gun comes up again. You one of them infiltrators, ain't you? And he fires the gun. Oh, crap. It's right. okay, guys. I can't die. Yes, you can. I was thinking about having Leo put a second hand with the revolver out to make it seem like there was another 16. person in the vent. <laughs> 16. That's a 16. I fucking hit him. 16. All right. There I you freaking go. hit him. Uh, what's the damage on this, uh, this stupid thing? What is this? A submachine gun. Uh, 2d10. All right. Three fires. Eight points of damage. Uh, that puts me into my second wound. Oh, boy. Uh, go ahead and open up the uh, the wound table for gunshots. Read, read, read. 
I never said I can't be hurt. I said I can't die. You're bleeding plus one. So what that means, I think I have that written somewhere. Where did I put it? Uh, yeah, so uh, bleeding stacks. So bleeding, mm-hmm. you take one damage every round until the bleeding is stopped. Uh, it stacks, so if you take if you're bleeding and you gain bleeding plus one, now you're taking bleeding plus two, etc., etc. So you basically you'll continue to lose damage until someone stops it. To stop bleeding, you can roll a test, like a field medicine or something like that, as an action. Failure does not stop the bleeding. Critical failure increases the bleeding, and critical success stops the bleeding and restores one d five health. Or if you just have a first aid kit, you can use that as well. Anybody right. have first aid? Uh, I'm shooting back first. Oh. We never got a chance to resupply, and we haven't found any. So, uh, you were you you were given a lead on where the the, the med place was. Uh, do you the rest of you? What are you doing? Reed just got shot. You guys can all act now. I'm gonna try and shoot him with the trank uh, pistol again. Yeah, go ahead. Um, is it still a speed? Uh, it should be your normal. So it's a. It, it should just be a combat test since you're firing a shot. Oh, the, okay. I did the speed. It was just more of a, can you fire it before he saw you? Gotcha. So roll combat, and if you have any skills to get bonuses for that, you're welcome to use that. I missed. Okay, so you fire, and it just dings off the wall and clicks to the ground. Uh, Helix or Reed or, or Liko, what do you do? Oh, I'm definitely shooting back with the submachine gun. All right, go ahead. That's a miss. So you fire. You're like you get like you both of you basically just start. He he holds it up, and you see the finger pull, and then you start to do the same thing. But his is just a hair faster. As you both, <laughs> and he gets you, and the in the, the sort of the the bullets hitting you uh, causes you to kind of like your arm just drops a bit, and it causes the bullets to fly up and miss. Uh, Liko and Helix. Uh, Liko wants to hit him upside the head with the spanner. Okay. Uh, you took out your... Eh, that's fine. Go ahead. Because you were using your Viper Shetty. Oh, yeah. Can I switch and hit him? Yeah, it's fine. In one round? All right. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, so that would be strength, I believe. Uh, that is a miss. Okay. So you go at him, and he just ducks under, and your spanner smashes against the wall. <sighs> Helix... I'll just toss maybe some debris at him to distract him a bit. Okay. Uh, sure. If you're just looking to roll distract, if you're just to sort of distract him to maybe like give him maybe maybe a disadvantage or something on his shot in the next turn, that's fine. All right. Helix is using pocket sand. So you just kind of grab like a because you're in a sewer. Don't forget, you're in like this like sewer main. So you just get this grime mm-hmm. of stuff and just chuck mm-hmm. it at him. Uh, and we'll say it, it kind of gets up and is, you know, kind of smashes him in the face. So that doesn't hurt him, but it's going to distract him to the point. Well, his neck, his neck shot will be a disadvantage. Um, now he's turning in his attention towards Reed, and it looks like he's going to fire again. All four of you roll a speed test. If you succeed, you get to go before he shoots. Uh, if you if you fail, you don't get your shot off or you don't get your action off. I rolled an eighty. I failed. Okay, three fail. So you're taking too long to reload your like you're trying to reload the trank. I rolled exactly what I needed, a thirty-nine. Okay, so you'll be able to go. Read. I rolled a forty-one. Would athletics or military training count? 
Absolutely. That's good, because I had a 31 plus 10, 41, exactly what I needed. (laughs) Liko and and Reed, you both get an action. Uh, Go ahead and take it. All right. Are you going first, Liko? Uh, Sure. I'm trying to hit him upside the head again. And failed again. With a crit fail 66. So that's the thing. Okay. Yeah, it is. So with your spanner... Yeah. Okay, so you start to you swing at him again. He ducks once more. Your spanner, when you swing it against the uh, against what looks like to be like some huge, thick industrial pipe, you see that one of the the teeth at the end of the the wrench there buckles, and your spanner is now damaged. Yeah. Reed. Oh, we have one more advantage left, right? I think so. Yes, we do. I'm using it. Uh, which it's good I did, because that's a 73, and then a 9. Hey. All right, gonna hit. Uh, 2d10 damage. Uh, that is 60 damage. All right, so you you get him, uh, and you can see you just, he, he kind of holds the bad hand up, and you just kind of get him right across his arm. You see a couple bullet holes uh, just like pop up right in, like on the underside of his, his bicep there, and just blood squirts out, just red everywhere. He's like, but he is still up, and it's actually not even a wound. Um, so he will take a shot, and then uh, Helix and Leo can go. Oh, that's a 99. Uh, that uh, That's not good. Uh, that's not good at all. Uh, that's a crit fail. So what I'll say is he goes to fire and the gun jams. And he's like, he starts to try to unjam it now. And he's again, he's got that damage to his hand as he's struggling now to unjam uh, his gun. Leo and Helix. I'll run towards him. Okay. Try to maybe tackle him. All right. Yeah. Roll combat test. All right, I have a 13. That's what you rolled? No, that's what I need to hit. What's your strength? 28. Uh, you can roll that instead. It's fine. All right. You have a 13 combat. Yeah. Oh, my uh, gosh, so that's low. awful. Holy I've crap. Roll a 47, I failed. Okay. Uh, all right, so you go to try to tackle him. I'll say, actually, because he's... I think uh, I think you can roll an advantage uh, because he is like distracted trying to get the he's like grr, grr, uh, and so he's somewhat stationary so you can try to roll an advantage. Thirty one closer, but I still fail. Okay, so you bump into him and he kind of stumbles, uh, but you're not able to pull him down to the ground. Uh, Leo, it's time to put him to sleep. I'm gonna trank him or attempt to. <laughs> Are you sure? Okay, you're same deal. Take you him? can take advantage. <laughs> take advantage. Okay, that's a seventy one. That did not make it. That's a 91. I did not make it. Oh, my gosh. So right as you go to shoot, Helix tries to tackle him, and he gets right in the middle of your shot. You see a little bit of the trank just sort of embedding in the back of Helix's shoulder. It doesn't inject uh, into his sin skin, and it probably wouldn't even function properly. Uh, but he gets right in the way right as uh, right as uh, he goes to tackle. Okay. Menton still cries out, keep your eyes open, Helix. Avoid the temptation to rest. All right, so he's still in the process of trying to unjam his gun, so what I'll do is I'll be rolling a check uh, on his turn to see if I can unjam it. Uh, but because he is stuck trying to unjam it, that means you all can go as he's just, like, moving. 
uh, and trying to like hide and dodge uh, out of like everyone swinging at him and tackling him and shooting him. Uh, but you all can go. He's, he's, he's moving around and he's trying to get his gun unjammed. Can I do a strength check to basically just try to uh, separate him from his gun? Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted like... You mean like disarm him? Yeah. Yes. No, Derek, separate from the gun. The words I said meant the same thing. Which one of us has been up since four? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's a success. 31 under... uh, 41. He's jam- nice you just stuff. smack the gun out of, the, out of his hand and it goes clattering down to the gun. It's like, and he like looks like he's getting ready to go back and like swing and just punch punch you. Uh, the rest of you can still go though. Yeah, I'm I'm rushing forward with my submachine gun because I don't want to hit anyone. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to try and get the muzzle up as close to as I can to him and pull the trigger. All right, roll at advantage. He's now engaged with Liko. Things are kind of going a little crazy. That is a 46, and I need, needed a uh, 50-something, so I'm good. All right, roll damage. Uh, rolling horrible for damage, though. Six again. Okay, that's enough, though, to get to a hit this time. All right, get to a gunshot wound. Let me roll his... Uh... <laughs> well, it's apropos. Headshot! You have died. Yeah. So you walk up. Liko knocks the gun out of his hands. You hold the gun up right to his head as he's reaching back to swing at Liko. And head erupts. Huge splatter of blood and brain matter on the grimy walls with all those weird scanners that you saw flicker on and off last time you were here. And this, he just sort of stands for a moment and just falls. That's for Jerry, you bastard! Don't worry, guys. I'm gonna get him the time, and then he leans out and realizes it's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's asleep now. I can't believe you called him Reed. <laughs> and I looked. Leo, stressed out. I'm still, I'm still gushing blood here. Yeah. Have you been taking your damage, by the way? I have. I have. Okay, I perfect. I took three. Awesome. It was okay. three. Uh, he is. You could see Reed took a. He he got a couple shots. And one of them is bleeding pretty terribly right now. He needs some help. Uh, Minton will slither out of the vent and uh, come over to patch him up as best you he can. They'll also look. I think you. Have I do not. Oh. No, we we got the location of one, but I, I didn't have enough money to buy one. So he's going to look at the guy that just dropped and see if his pack has anything I can use. Otherwise, uh, it'll just be my. Uh, I have a stim medicine. pack, but not a med kit. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's the wrong button. Let me see what he's got. That's, why is that not rolling properly? There it goes. Okay. I can also pull the bandages off of his fingerless hand and use the, reuse those. Okay. Uh, so you find in the in the pack, uh, it, he has a pack. It, there's like a whole mess load of stuff in here. And you can flip around, flip around, flip around. And yeah, there is a med. You do get a med kit. Okay. I will uh, use that with my field medicine. First, I got a... Oh my god, this PDF is being dumb right now. What are you looking for? Uh, the med kit. Oh, it should be in the in foundry. Just go in the items directory. Just type oh, yeah. For a, shirt, uh, for a search, it should be in there. So, it is a 
first aid kit is what it's called specifically. Oh. So it's an assortment of bandages and treatments to help stop bleeding. So literally you're just using the bandages. Uh, and so what we're what, what I just said we're going to use is we're just going to use number of uses is going to be based upon die steps. And so it's going to start at a D8. And so okay. anytime you go to use it, roll it, roll the D8. And if you roll a one or a two, we reduce the die size down to D6. Gotcha. We're ripping it, we're ripping something off of what was uh, in Forbidden Lands for really. I rolled a five. Okay, so yeah, you still have D8. So every time you go to use it to, to staunch bleeding like that or treat minor injuries. Um, Perfect. Okay, but you, you managed to staunch the bleeding. Now, there's a bunch of other stuff in here. Uh, you also have the, there also is a submachine gun on the ground. Minton's not going to touch that since he can't hit anything with this combat score of 24. I'd like to take the ammo for the submachine gun, if not the actual gun. If someone wants the gun, they can have it with the ammo. He's got I'm four clips of ammo in the bag. Clips or shots? Uh, I think it's clips. One clip has five shots. Yeah, you're good. Four clips. <laughs> Jackpot, baby. Are you going through the bag then, Reed? Uh, yeah, if I think there's more ammo in there. I'm probably doing it as Minton's trying to patch me up. So, yeah, is you're there and he's wrapping stuff around you. Hold still, uh, damn it. You start, pulling, you start pulling some other things out. You find the ammo. You find a bag of, like, this kind of small, kind of almost, um, like a dime bag, uh, like a like a tiny little dime bag for like for like drugs and shit, but instead, Drug. but instead you see that there are three teeth inside. You find what looks like a black urn, uh, and like you, it's about yay big. It's got a little thing on top, uh, kind of keeping it enclosed. Um, teeth go to Menton, urn goes to Helix. This guy's trying to perform the black sacrament over here. You um, you find what looks like a disc of some kind, like a like like a, a small, almost miniature compact compact disc. Um, you find what looks like some food. You find a bottle that is that says on the outside, written on a label, like in what looks some sort of like uh, some sort of ink, elixir of forgetfulness. And when you whiff it, it just smells like whiskey. And then you find um, what looks like a uh, what looks like some kind of how do I describe it? Um, like dossier. And you see that there's a logo on the outside of the dossier, and you recognize the logo. It's Advanced Ass. Systems Limited. It Ass. is the name of the company. Uh, that gave you the uh, the link here. Oh, right. uh, the so, D10 I rolled, by the way, I oh. got a nine. So you succeeded on your healing? Yes. Okay. And then uh, 1D5 health is also restored. Yeah, I don't have a D5, so I rolled a D10 divided oh. by two, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Was that on me that I got the healing? So nine would be four and a half. Uh, so five. Yeah, yeah, that works. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, as payment, here's three teeth. Uh, Helix, I'll toss you this 
black urn and Liko, you get the CD and the dossier. You seem like you uh, are a music fan. Oh. Well, now we just have to find something to play it with. And Liko will flip through the I have dossier. no idea whether you would like it. Uh, Liko, what are you doing? Flipping through the dossier. Okay. So you go through the dossier and... Uh, like again, it's it's sort of like uh, it's like a like come like a, like it's more like a leatherette folder, and so mm-hmm. you, like you open it up and you can see on the inside there is what looks to be like a legal pad, um, like this yellowish legal pad. There's a note on there, like written, like you can tell like most of the pages have been ripped off, uh, but there is a note there about the disassembly yard. And it says artifact question mark underlined multiple times. In the pocket to the left, you see that there is what looks to be a printed, uh, like a kind of a printed letter of some kind. And you kind of pull it out and it looks like it's just, you know, a print of some kind of like basic email communication. And as you're reading it, it reads extraordinarily familiarly it is word for word the exact same communication that you received from Deborah Stoneyark when she gave you all the lead to come here not only that but you see that the printed communication at the very bottom is signed by Deborah Stoneyark Advanced Systems Limited and that's where we're going ahead and end uh, uh, for tonight. I knew that was coming. Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah. You don't know Roll me. sand. Good gracious. All right. It's like we'll the rise and fall of Jerry over these last two episodes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's pretty fun. It was pretty fun <laughs> shooting him. I wasn't expecting him to just get blown up like that. Yeah, I did you not like, appreciate that, Jeff. Uh, what's happening? <laughs> There's like a oh, hundred of them. They're all just the same. That's what I heard. Can't you just re- recycle them and stuff and just put new personalities? <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> oh, goodness. Rick and Morty infinite realities. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, yeah, oh, that'll goodness. be that'll be it for now. Uh, I didn't want to get too far in since we don't have our good friend Ashley here. And so now we can go kill the Minotaur next time uh, when she's around. And so you can see what the labyrinth is like because it's pretty Oh, my gosh. Uh, this is going to be awful. And scary. Oh, is David Bowie going to be there? Could be. Could be. Jennifer Connelly. Uh, <laughs> Melissa knows uh, that uh, she's one of the – I would leave Melissa <laughs> She knows. I am. I am she's aware. Well of this. aware of this, and she's she's okay with it. Uh, all I right. Imagine I don't know if she's okay with it. Jennifer, Molly, Molly, you see, looked like who joined the cult. I heard something about Jennifer Connolly <laughs> NPC join a cult. That yeah. that was the sentence I heard. I I, I imagine Jennifer Connolly is what the NPC looked like that had me join the cult. Yes. Uh, Still nothing. Okay, ignore me. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly is what the NPC looked like who made you join a cult. At the very beginning. Yeah. You, yeah, that sounds right. That's, someday that's going to come back. And, uh, you guys could have gone back. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, roughly 24 hours at this point. You, you definitely could have. 
right? Yeah, it could be like, Sonorico, you told us this stuff about the Minotaur, and then we had a conversation with the monarch who kind of had a different take on the Minotaur. Explain yourself. Sure. You guys could do that. You're welcome to leave uh, at any time. I wasn't stopping you. You guys were stopping yourselves. Uh, All right. That's it for tonight, then. Uh, Thank you for everyone who hung out tonight. Thank you for those of you who are watching this later on YouTube or listening to this on podcast version. Uh, We'll be playing again in a couple weeks. Uh, Hopefully, we'll see if we can do some more with this Minotaur uh, storyline. Thank you, John Maxsuit. Appreciate it so much. Uh, Jerry was being a dick. So, you know, uh, I think it's okay. It's fine. Plus, there's a whole bunch of them, you know, back in the reformatting suite. You can just find another. It's okay. Um, but you guys got to talk to the monarch tonight. You got a job. You got a couple jobs. Uh, so many side quests. Yeah. Listen, this, like I've said to you guys before, like I, I have a lot of random tables and things and encounters and that's what I'm rolling. And you guys are allowed to do what you want. Do what sounds (laughs) cool. Ignore what you think sounds stupid and just go from there. Uh, and that's, that's how it's going to go. We're just going to park ourselves in front of one of those walls and just have a conversation with whoever writes on the walls. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Edo. Uh, All right. Tomorrow, uh, let's see what we got tomorrow. Uh, Melissa and I are over on Grim and Perilous Place uh, as we're playing some Fallout in the earlier parts of the day. Afternoon, we'll be back here uh, playing One Ring on our own channel as per usual. Uh, and then Monday we'll be back to Deadlands. Uh, so you can kind of, yeah, it's Deadlands, right? Yeah. It's a Deadlands Monday. So you come back and watch us do some weird West. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Why don't we announce, uh, your game tomorrow, Stevens, when your internet's okay. better. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I was going to do yeah. it tonight, but I figure you're, you'll get yeah. halfway yeah. through I'm and sorry. no one will understand what it says. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's go ahead and raid our friends over at Defenders. Looks like they're still playing some DCC, so we'll raid them. We'll take whoever's here. You'll come and you'll watch them, and everyone will be happy, right? Uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Hopefully you come out and see us tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>